The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's uh, time for our Big 11 debate. And nuclear energy has proven to be a hard sell over the years with disasters like Chernobyl and Fukushima living long in the memory. Perhaps it is time that that changed. It's a question you can see asked and potentially answered in a new documentary from award-winning filmmaker Frankie Fenton, produced by Catherine Kennedy. It's called Atomic Hope Inside the Pro-Nuclear Movement. Let's just take a closer look at nuclear. The United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has looked at the carbon content of all these different fuels, and nuclear comes out really low. It's actually lower even than solar. And nuclear obviously provides a lot of power. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. During a year, a single plant can provide power 92% of the time. And what's interesting is that when you look at countries that have deployed different kinds of clean energies... There's only a few that have done so at a pace consistent with dealing with the climate crisis. So nuclear seems like a pretty good option, but there's this big problem with it, which all of you, I'm sure, are aware of, which is that people really don't like it. Why are we so scared of this technology, which is not only the safest way to make electricity, it's literally one of the safest technologies in the world. So could nuclear energy hold the key when it comes to dramatically reducing our carbon emissions? I'm joined now by Sinn Féin spokesperson on climate justice, Senator Lynn Boylan, and by Sarah Cullen of 18 for Zero, who's an engineer working in electricity system research, having previously worked in solar and nuclear sectors. You're both very welcome to the programme. All right, um, let's talk to you. Uh, 18 for Zero, Sarah, explain what is 18 for Zero. 18 for Zero is a group that started um, about two years ago. We launched a report looking into, look, if Ireland did want to look into nuclear power, this is how we'd go about doing it. Um, These are the international... That's fine, yeah. Oh, sorry. These are the international standards for how we'd have to approach it. These are the big infrastructure issues um, that we'd have to look into under the IA, the International Atomic Energy Agency. And we considered would there be any obvious barriers that would preclude our own study? Uh, we couldn't find any. And then we considered if we did build nuclear power plants um, to help phase out gas, could that be cheaper potentially than other options we found? Maybe. And that's a good basis for the government okay. to do their but own study. 18 for zero means put 18% nuclear into the mix yeah. with renewables and you've got zero carbon. Yeah, 18% nuclear for net carbon was the outcome of our study. But we so think 92% the government should do their own. would be solar and other renewables like wind and 80% nuclear and it solves the carbon problem. That's the theory. Um, That's one idea we think the government should definitely look into. And it's a kind of popular one across Europe. A lot of countries are going down that sort of route. Okay, Uh, Lynn, what uh, Mm. do you say to this argument that nuclear, you look at Chernobyl, you look at Fukushima and you say, no, never, the the possible consequences are awful. Therefore, we we can't look at it. We can't research it. There's no point. I think there's other reasons to that nuclear isn't a, an option for Ireland. Uh, one is the size of the country and the, the types of nuclear reactors. So those small modular reactors are not technically available yet, which would be more appropriate to the a country the size of Ireland. But also we have made a decision as a country and cooperatively among most of the, the political parties to have the 80% renewables and then that 20% is made up through interconnections, uh, energy storage, green hydrogen 
and then demand reduction. And we've all sort of, I suppose, agreed that direction of travel. So I think it's, it would be very distracting and not the signal you want to send out to those who might be looking to invest in the country that we're now going to, you know, we'll do that, but we're also maybe going to look at this. So I, I think it's a distraction from we should be focused on the goal, which is that 80% renewable by 2030. No, we're always told we're the Saudi Arabia of wind, mm-hmm. that we've loads of wind. Uh, it won't blow all the time, but, you know, we compensate for that by importing from others uh, who are generating electricity through a different means when we are shy on wind. Uh, and the other 20%, your su- suggestion would be a permanent kind of use of the interconnector. Well, you've the interconnector, but you've also got battery storage. So like battery storage before would have been multi-hour. The technology is now advancing uh, to the point where you have multi-day battery storage. So we had Energy Storage Ireland in before the Oireachtas Committee and we're telling us that uh, battery storage is now displacing gas in Britain. So we need to change uh, the grid in Ireland to allow for greater use use of battery storage because currently because battery takes from the grid and then puts into the grid when when it's needed it requires a software update with the grid and and we've been calling in Sinn Féin for the minister to expedite that with AirGrid. Okay, so Sarah, you don't need nuclear, you have these uh, technologies like hydrogen storage, um, battery storage, uh, all of that kind of thing which can use our abundant wind resource to make up the deficit. Um, That is possible. It's possible that that's the case, but there's been no study underpinning that. Um, Just because there's political consensus that we should go down a certain route doesn't mean that there's any actual scientific basis for that. They've never done an optimization study which compared all of our technology options to find out which was the fastest and cheapest and cleanest way to reach net zero emissions. And considering whatever route we take is going to be extremely expensive and is going to require huge um, infrastructure development, I think we desperately need to do such a study and we desperately need to evaluate all options. It's great. Maybe we'll arrive at um, some kind of dream scenario where we don't need um, technologies that aren't currently available here. But it seems more likely that we will need to consider other options And we should do that now. We should do that sooner rather than later. That's basic due diligence that you would do for any big investment. Now, let's talk about uh, the size issue. Ireland's too small for a a nuclear reactor. There will be uh, modular, uh, small nuclear reactors on stream. They're not available yet. Uh, What do you say to the argument, first of all, with a population of five heading up over the next 30 years, maybe to seven and a half, eight million on the island, um, that we uh, are too small? Estonia has a smaller population than Ireland and they're looking at building nuclear power plants. Uh, Slovakia has a nuclear power plant. There are plenty of small countries with nuclear power plants. Um, Historically, it was the case that nuclear power plants could only be built at economy of scale of like over a gigawatt, which um, would be bigger, like three times as big as a standard gas plant. But now the kind of... the the small modular reactors, um, which, you know, there's one being built for commercial operation in China. There have been some built in Russia and China. They exist in the West, but they're just going through licensing processes at the moment. 
um, and they will be built in the 2030s or the late 2020s, early 2030s. Um, those are real options for Ireland to look into. And considering that this is not like this is a long conversation um, and we're not going to stop needing electricity anytime soon. And in fact, potentially- we're being told we, everything should be done with electricity rather than any combustion of turf or, or wood or coal or uh, uh, paraffin. Yeah, or so we're looking at doubling our energy consumption by 2050 at least. Um, so considering we're going to keep needing lots more energy, even if we didn't want to build it for five years from now or for 15 years from now, maybe we'd want it later on. So why we should look into it now because that can help us okay. build it when we need so, it. So Lynn, you know, start researching it now. Uh, other countries are doing it. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, if uh, the Estonians produce uh, a small power plant, a nuclear power plant that works well, um, we don't have to do the basic research, but we can just check out how they're doing. And, and if it's employable here, use oh, it here. Well, I suppose with the small modular reactors, what you find is there's large public money is subsidising the investment and the research into it. So again, that's diverting public money away from what we know works and what Ireland has available to it, which is Ireland has that unique resource of its offshore wind. Also, you know, a recent Stanford study showed that those small modular reactors are probably more likely to have uh, greater waste issues, greater um, management issues because they have more neutron leakage. So that was only a report, a study that was done in March 2022. So it is a new technology. It is going to require the public to stump up the funding for investment in that technology. Whereas what we're saying is renewables, the cost of renewables are plummeting. That's how you deliver uh, low cost electricity to people here. You invest the money in where the technology is proven, uh, where we have the natural resource um, you know, and that will reduce yeah. people's just, bills. Just a question. Are you against nuclear uh, anywhere or is it just in Ireland? Like let others generate uh, electricity by nuclear power and, and flog it to us via the interconnector. Well, Is that OK? Does that sit well with you? Well, look, I, as I said, I have problems around the waste of nuclear and it's something that Ireland currently doesn't have to worry about in terms of how would we actually deal with waste if we did have a nuclear reactor. I think the reality from when you know the Karen Saw protests happened to now where we're in a climate crisis and we're looking around for any sort of electricity that's producing uh, low carbon emissions or zero carbon emissions then I would be, wouldn't be saying to countries shut your nuclear reactors down just yet because we need uh, to have every low carbon option going. But Ireland has that unique resource. Ireland is yeah, in a position that, you know, where the question, we would be, I understand that yeah. and it would be great if the wind blows and we've got massive uh, offshore f- floating wind farms, which would be great. And there's no doubt there's enough energy in our wind to do the job for us a, a lot of the time. And then we buy in mm. the electricity. But when we're buying, should we be uh, you know, worried about other countries taking, if you like, whatever is the nuclear risk and we buy from them? Is it a principle thing with you or a practical Well, thing? I wouldn't be building new reactors. That's a, that's a principle At thing all. with me personally. But what I'm saying is if there are nuclear reactors and we've seen what happened in Germany and that they closed down their nuclear industry and then you have a Ukraine war and they're scrambling and they're opening up coal mines again, I don't think that's a preferred option, certainly. Uh, as somebody who's very concerned about climate action, you don't want to see coal mines being opened. Mm. Um, but I just I, I think the the argument here around Ireland as a small island it just to me it doesn't add up and it's a distraction and it will divert funds away from uh, what we know is a proven technology and what we have as a natural resource. Sir, um, a number of points there: a neutron leakage from the new generation, the Generation Four reactors, which are molten salt reactors, which are much safer. They're low pressure reactors. Uh, they're using a fuel which is abundant, but 
Neutron leakage. Um, Neutron leakage might sound scary to people. Um, How a nuclear power plant works is to... um, uh, or like a heavy particle splits into two and then hit uh, some neutrons come out of that and those hit other heavy particles which also split and then that keeps going and it generates heat. So it's some of those neutrons going out of the vessel and irradiating nearby materials which are then considered waste. Um, there has been some talk about if there'd be an increase but honestly the quantities of waste we're talking about are so minuscule compared to the amount of energy we're getting out of it and the kind of waste streams that we manage anyway um, that's not really an issue I think there are two big issues um, that people need to understand about energy and um, Lynn raised them there Um, so she was saying about that we don't necessarily need nuclear because she believes and a lot of people seem to believe that we know what to do without nuclear power and that is just not true. We don't know how we're going to fully decarbonise. There isn't a plan for that in Ireland. There hasn't been a precedent anywhere else in the world doing that with the resources that we have. And um, like people have done it with like hydro and stuff, but you need tall mountains to do that, which we don't have. So we don't know what the alternative is. So we do need to look into it. And also that nuclear, um, there is an idea that nuclear power plants are unique in requiring subsidies, but we already subsidise energy. We already give a guaranteed price of electricity to renewables. And that's great because it enables uh, people it enables people to invest in them and enables them to get built in the first place and to build all the plant um, from the ground up, knowing that they're guaranteed a price afterwards. And actually, the price of renewables in the most re- recent renewables auction was comparable, if not higher, than typical prices paid to nuclear plants across Europe. So it's not really very, it's it's not stra- as straightforward as saying we don't need it because we have other options. Maybe we do. We don't necessarily know that. And we don't want it because it's more expensive. So you, you don't you're know calling, that either. You're calling for um, research and not necessarily into the technology. There are people who will be doing that all over the place. The Americans are doing it. The Chinese are doing it. The British are probably doing We've it. We've had the technology for decades. Yeah, molten salt was around in the 50s um, and the Americans went a particular way. They went with the fast breeder reactors, uh, which are high pressure reactors and so on. But the molten salt technology was there and it was abandoned. Molten salt is one area that is getting a lot of attention and it's a cool technology. And But it might be a few years further away because of the licensing processes that we have for nuclear power plants. We have small scale nuclear plants that are pretty much existing plants but smaller and um, so they operate as traditional you're saying the traditional plants. ones uh, would might be quicker to, to license the reason molten salt is attractive to me is that you can have no meltdown i mean it is self-limiting if uh, anything goes wrong you just shut it down the thing the molten salt is drained off and it hardens and that's it yeah so that's known as a passive safety feature where you don't need intervention but there are other types of passive safety features in nuclear power plants as well so the molten salt one is a really fantastic, interesting one. But there are other ones as well that are available. And the sorts of studies that I think should be done from Ireland aren't looking into, um, like aren't funding um, new reactor designs. It would be looking in. So there's two that I think should be done. The first would be what's known as a pre-feasibility study. And 18 for Zero went into detail on this in our report, which you can find at 18forzero.ie. And this would be in line with the International Atomic Energy Agency. And you'd look into all the major infrastructure issues. You'd look into any barriers to development and you'd see, do you want nuclear power in your country? And would it be possible? So that's something the government would have to do. The other thing would be a cost optimization study. So Airgrid uh, this year are doing... um, 
the cost optimization studies to see how we can get to net zero emissions by 2050. And it, this is a great opportunity to include nuclear in that. And if we did a study that included nuclear, maybe it would say it would be something we should look into. And so maybe it, might it, wouldn't. The, it might come to the conclusion uh, that Lynn has that it would not uh, make financial sense to do it. Possibly. But, but then could, we'd be making our financial decisions based on numbers. And that okay, would be Lynn, much better. Why not actually do that kind of research? It's not fundamental research, not scientific research, because no doubt the manufacturers of these reactors, be they molten salt or the small modular convention, reactors, they'll be the ones who are building it for us if we with, want with it. With public subsidies. They're always with public subsidies across the across the world. Same the with any energy infrastructure. Public subsidies. And they're huge public subsidies. So like even if you look in America, the cost of one nuclear reactor went from 14 billion to 30 billion. So the, the costs can escalate. So No, but isn't that the kind of uh, thing you should be looking at? I don't know how much it costs to put a windmill out in the Atlantic uh, tethered to the seabed. I don't know what the insurance implications would be if the tether should come loose mm-hmm. and head for Galway Bay. Do, do you know, there's lots of things no, that I, cost I a lot of money. What, what, when you're saying about feasibility, but we have asked Airgrid to do a job and Airgrid are world leaders in the type of grid that they have built. I mean, very few people give credit where credit is due in terms of Ireland's ability to have renewable and the percentage of renewables we have on our grid. So we have actually led the way internationally and we've asked Airgrid now to really ramp up the ambition around the 80%. So they are focused on that and I just think that to yeah, be they still need to be taking they still them down need the another backup, road or distracting you know, them you, I, I think you, is, you still it need the backup though Lynn uh, whether do, yeah. it, it's coming from an interconnector nuclear generation in, in France for instance or whether it's uh, carbon generation in the UK so we always need the backup and uh, as you know we have these generators mm-hmm. gas generators which currently you know are spinning ready to be called into action when the wind mm-hmm. stops blowing we don't have a great solar resource but we could do far more all of but, those things Domestic back to my sold, point, all of those we things. Need, we need a grid software update to facilitate the, the multi-hour, multi-day batteries. That hasn't happened and Airgrid need to be funded to mm. do that. So every time you want Airgrid to do more, it goes on to your bill. The public pay for that. Do you mean that's part of the, the, the network tariffs that are included in people's yeah. bills? So we have to go way up with the public money, is this an option when Ireland is an island and has such an amazing resource and the green hydrogen strategy which is now coming on stream as well and getting our ports up to up to be the capacity to both build the wind turbines but also to we, bring that we green hydrogen online. One application to build offshore off the coast of Galway. One uh, at the moment. We have several in the Irish Sea which are anchored to the seabed but so so we're a bit tardy in terms of hitting the We are, the, but there the are targets. six that are going to be going through the, the, the faster process and then obviously Mara is set up to then analyse the, the other wind, yeah. offshore wind options. Yeah, I think Sarah? we're on the same page, Lynn, with really wanting to reduce costs because energy is a huge cost for any household and it's really important that people have adequate access to energy and I think the most responsible way, the most obvious way, a most scientific way of ensuring that people have the lowest cost energy is to do a cost optimization study that includes all of our technology options. Because when we're making these huge investments that all of them will require subsidies, all of them will eventually be paid off um, for by people, um, we can make sure that we build the cheapest, most sensible, most straightforward. Whether mix. that is nuclear or not. That might include nuclear. And if but we did a study, isn't the cheapest and, at the moment. No, Nuclear but that's just looking at one technology. The cost of electricity isn't just the cost of building the plant. It's a lot more complicated than that, and that's why we need the studies to make a decision. And if Airgrid included mm. in their studies, I imagine and found that that system would be cheaper. I'd imagine 
you might support it. But the government if won't even cheaper. do the study which we've asked them to look at why the cost of renewables are more expensive in Ireland than in, in other European countries. So, like, we we should be prioritising that given that we have a huge amount yeah, of renewables. But, but we're handcuffing them I mean, at the moment. The, the business of the energy auctions and so on and that the price paid is the, is the price for the last uh, kilowatt that is bought. That's the way it works. It's a flawed market. The EU is looking well, at there, it. There is that element of it, Pat, but there's also the other element in that the, the auctions that we have here in Ireland are more, like the renewables are more expensive than their European counterparts. And that is to do with the delays in, you know, delays in the planning system around grid connections and things like that. So we have, we can bring, reduce costs for people even further if we address those in the renewable. And that's what I'm saying. That's where I would like AirGrid's focus to be on, on the government's focus, prioritising, delivering maximum number of renewables at the lowest possible cost. It's not that we're focusing things and simplifying it for AirGrid by banning technologies. We've got two statutory bans on nuclear power and that handcuffs AirGrid. When they're trying to do their studies, this it makes it more difficult for them. Ireland had a security supply review come out of our electricity system. The consultation was in like September. And when talking about our security of supply of electricity, even our ability to import from neighbouring countries, which rely massively on nuclear power, the report did not mention nuclear power, except to say we can't talk about it because it's banned. That makes everything much more difficult. It would actually be a lot simpler to just get rid of the bans. All right, we will uh, leave it there. Senator Lynn Boyle, Sinn Féin spokesperson on climate justice. Sarah Cullen, energy systems engineer, co-founder of 18 for Zero. Uh, Thank you both very much uh, for joining us. Uh, Just some of the texts that are coming in. If the government back in the 1970s had stood its ground against the usual suspects on the screaming left over Carnsore Point, we'd be enjoying energy, self-sufficiency and security now. Another one, we're buying nuclear generated power from the UK and will be doing so from France. That's from David. If wind is the solution and it's that easy, have we not solved the problem? Politicians can't solve these problems. Engineers can. So please uh, let them at it. And lots more where that can The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.